Moncrief on News Talk. Now, Professor David Nutt was once chair of the UK's Advisory Council on the Misuse of Drugs, during which time he stated that taking ecstasy was less risky than horse riding. That didn't exactly endear him to the politicians of the day and eventually led to his removal from that position. But that didn't stop his ongoing research into the effects and even some of the benefits of illegal recreational drugs. Much of his recent work has involved treating mental health issues with magic mushrooms. Drugs, he reckons, may even help to cure drug addiction. David, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sean. Now, when you were starting to work with psychoactive uh, um, uh, or various psychedelics, I suppose, in a clinical setting, did you have to figure out a regime to use them from scratch? Oh, yes, we did. And that was part of the um, you know, the first few years' work, really, was to work out uh, which one to use. Uh, and we settled on psilocybin from Magic Mushrooms uh, for reasons I can talk about in a minute. And then we had to work out what the right dose was. And so we did what we would call experimental dose-finding studies. And... Um, we wanted to get a dose that people could uh, experience the powerful effect, but also tolerate it because we don't want people getting to a point where it becomes unpleasant. Mm-hmm. And might that vary from person to person? Interestingly, less than you might think. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, in fact, we 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 stick now with a standard dose. Of, it's a twenty-five milligram dose of psilocybin, and that works, you know, on pretty much everyone. Now, um, American groups have have started off dosing according to body weight, but we've now shown that that makes no difference. So it does seem as though it's um, it's very consistent, and uh, we don't fully understand why, but it's got to be something to do with, I think, the fact that the medicines get in the brain very fast, so that it doesn't get distributed into the into the fat of the body. Yeah, and so uh, as you alluded to there, why did you settle on psilocybin? Yes, that's right. Um, and we do that for two reasons. One is it's, we know it's very, very safe because millions of people in Ireland and England and all over the world have been using it for thousands of years without really any harm. But also the, the, the trip lasts about four to five hours, which is a, a good time for people to really get into their problems, their issues. But it means they can still go home that evening, so we don't have to keep them in hospital overnight. So it's a it's a very, it's a kind of cost-effective in terms of this, the care we have to give them. We don't need overnight care, which is very expensive. Mm. And so, w- when you administer the psilocybin then to people, that the, it obviously there's a wider context here. It, it just counselling or some sort of talk therapy happen at the same time or afterwards, or, or you know, talk us through that particular regime. Yes, it's a very structured regime, and it's being used all over the world now. There are three three days. Three. The first day is a preparation where people meet their guides, the, the therapists who are going to be present during the trip, and they basically get the confidence in their guides. And the guides tell them about what it could be like because most of them haven't had it before. And they also talk about strategies in, in if case they find it difficult, they can talk, they can ask a, a hand holding, etc. They talk through all that sort of the the, the challenges and the and, and the um, potential. Um, Challenge, yeah, the difficulties it might occur, and they're reassured that they will always be uh, looked after because anxiety is a, is a, 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 has a bad, what we call bad prognostic um, outcome. So we want people to be as, as, as reassured as possible. And of course, the first time you do a trip, you know, people will be a bit anxious. Mm. The next day, they have the trip, and then in, during that, they have eye shades and they have um, a, a 
soundtracks played, which they normally they choose to have both. They don't have to, but normally they do. And the therapists are there. The therapists are just there in case they need them. But we don't do any therapy because, to be honest, when people are exploring the novelty of their opening up their mind, they, they generally don't want to be talking to other people. They want to be, be going where they've not been before. They want to explore themselves. And then the real therapy starts the next day when, when the same therapist help them work through and talk about and understand and, and learn from the trip itself. Mm. And, and, and are they advised in advance of, of taking the trip, you should think about what your issues are? Yes, we tell them that, uh, not to fight them. It, I mean, these are patients, right? Obviously, if we're, they're coming to us for help and they want us to help them deal with their depression or their addiction, their anorexia. And we say, when, it, when things come up, you will go to places that you have been avoiding going to, but don't fight it. If you fight it, you won't get the benefit. Just go, go where it takes you, deal with the issues which come up in your mind, the memories. A lot of people remember traumas they've forgotten about and realize those traumas were very important in their, in their depression, for instance. Go there explore them, maybe deal with them, and then tell us about it afterwards. Mm. Now, I suppose the fascinating aspect of this is is you've also studied what parts of the brain uh, something like psilocybin affects. So wh- what what does it do to the brain? Well, what it does is it, it kind of gives the brain a reset. It's completely transformed the way we think about um, mental illness, um, in that we've, we now realize that psychedelics alter the connectivity in the brain and they allow people to break out of uh, thought loops that often have been in, sort of imposed, developed, deeply ingrained in the brain, maybe for decades, and, and they can break those loops and people can feel free. And they often say, wow, it was like having my brain, you know, like a computer being defragged or having been reformatted, I can think clearly. Before I got locked into thought loops, I could never escape from. So it's that fragmentation of thinking during the trip which allows people to escape and think much more clearly. And, and we can image that. Amazingly, we can do brain scans of people after the trip. We don't do it during the trip because it would potentially interfere with the therapy. But after the trip, a day later or even three weeks later, we see that their brains are more flexible. And that accords very well with what they say about their improved thinking capabilities, and it also predicts outcomes. Mm. So, it, 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 would it be too crude to put it this way that, like, often you know, a lot of us have the, a very critical inner voice that it somehow quietens that down. I think it just changes the narrative from negative to positive. In depression, that inner voice is very negative, and uh, in addiction, it's very focused on the love object. You know, the, the booze or the or the, or the heroin or whatever. It breaks down that repetitive thinking, that those habitual thoughts. Which most many many people with depression know that they aren't bad people, but they can't stop the thought. It breaks the thought mm. and makes them think, "Ah, oh, no, I am a good person actually. It was not my fault. I was I was abused. It's the abuser's fault." But and now I'm going to put that behind me. Yeah. So and, and and so typically speaking, would you envisage a situation where? The person takes one trip, or, or, or would it be something they'd have to revisit at some point? Well, we found that in our depressed people, and they've, had, they've failed on antidepressants, they've failed on psychotherapy, we find that 
about a quarter do really well for years after a single trip. But three quarters, the depression slowly creeps back. It creeps back slowly. It creeps back over months. But maybe in those people, we either got to give them another trip or maybe other forms of antidepressant therapy would work after the first trip. It might be that the psychotherapy, which didn't work before, would work now. Or maybe antidepressants, which didn't work before, would work now. So there's a lot of research to be done to work out the best way of keeping people well. Mm. Did it take a long time to get permission to carry out these therapies? Uh, Yes, it took nearly three years to get the first study approved. And that was because of the regulations, you know, the controlled drugs. There's only one place in the world that would make it because it needed really high levels of uh, of licenses. I mean, it's, it's really crazy, isn't it? Because the mushrooms are growing all over all over Ireland now today, and yet, according to the United Nations conventions, they're too so dangerous. They're considered as dangerous as crystal meth and crack cocaine. I mean, it it makes no sense. Mm. Uh, and so is this an ongoing process for you or, or is it if you, like a, a next stage you're going to start looking at? Uh, well, we're, we're looking at other disorders. So our big project at present is, uh, is to see how many disorders can be helped with psilocybin. Mm. We've shown two depression studies, very powerful effects. We're just writing up our anorexia study, again, looking very impressive. We're doing a study in people with chronic pain, and we're doing a, paper, a study in people with OCD, and those will come out next year. But the big one we're starting is to see if we can get people off heroin, if we can stop people who've um, been detoxed from heroin going back on it. If we could crack opiate addiction, then then I would be a very, very satisfied um psychiatrist because it's a huge and very dangerous disorder. Yeah, that would be extraordinary. David Nutt is professor in the Faculty of Medicine at Imperial College in London and the author of Psychedelics, The Revolutionary Drugs That Could Change Your Life. David, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.